What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my lifelong friend, Andrew Arabito. It was truly an honor to have him on the show. I love this guy. He is generous, authentic, hilarious, and a leader running several incredible companies, a couple including Half Face Blades, Warpaw Wines, KBD, uh, just to name a few of them. Uh, We got to sit down in his kitchen and talk life. This is a powerful conversation. Enjoy meeting my friend, Andy. friends i am sitting with my good friend andy andrew arabito and this is a real treat for you guys to get to hear some of his insight because this is a wise good man sitting in front of me andy thanks for being on the podcast bro yeah absolutely buddy good to uh good to be here with you face to face finally good to see you more in the last year than the last 15 years i know that's cool that's because I had five kids and was just trying to feed them. Now that I figured out how to feed them, I have more time to go out and nice. do other things as you well. You teach them to feed themselves and it frees you up. That's right. Yeah. They are all working towards jobs, learning how, to, how to fend for themselves. Awesome. <laughs> um, so Andy is not a dad right now, but when I think about you, you're such a strong leader. And when I think of being a father, I think of fatherhood more as like a posture towards life. like somebody who views themselves as somebody who cares for those that have been put in their care. And, uh, I mean, just the nature of who you are, you have always taken care of people around you, especially the underdog. You've always kind of looked out for them. How come? Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I felt maybe I was an underdog or something like that growing up. And I always, I know I was like, you know, always put my best foot forward and always worked really hard and always, you know, was, was giving my all all the time and seeing other people that maybe didn't have the best start or something like that was like, Hey, this person might need an extra push or some, someone to watch their back or something to help them out when times are hard, you know? I had that young, like Steve Hamilton was that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Steve yeah. after my brothers died, like Steve Hamilton was like that. And I had some really good people in my life, um, older than me that kind of took me under their wing. And, you know, we would, Steve, we would go all, all over four wheeling in the Sierras. We'd drive out to, um, South Dakota. We would shoot guns, ride motorcycles. You know what I mean? So he did the outdoor stuff that you used to do yeah. with your brothers yeah. and dad. Yep. And, you know, we do all sorts of cool trips like that. Taught me a lot. Scott Davis is another one, still lives up in Northern California by my mom. We, you know, he's, I don't know how much older he's probably, probably, you know, 15 to 20 years older than me. And he would take me rock climbing, make sure I had the right gear. We'd go all over California and go camping, backpacking, Mm -hmm. rock climbing, cool stuff like that. So I always felt like, you know, that was really good for me growing up. We should always pass that on to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to get into that with you because there's some specifics I want to bring up, but 
I want to start by, you know, most people want to sit down and talk with you about the amazing companies you've built. And so just to kind of bring them up for a second, you know, you created half face blades um, and, and friends like we're not going to dig into these things. So go Google it, go check out Andy's um, Instagram. But, you know, you got half face blades. You've got KBD right now. Kill bad dudes. You've got Canoe Club for the ammo. I know you're a part of a handful of other things. And then you also have the Warpaw wine, which I know you're really passionate about. And so I want to ask you about Warpaw in just a second here because there's some some significant pieces to it that I think are beneficial for people to hear. But I've heard you talk about, you know, striving to honor those before us. And I've had this thought before, you know, when we look at our current culture, the way that let's just say dads and men are showing up in the freedom, the finances, everything we have from what people have done before us, you know, like you were a Navy SEAL, you were in the military, but even going back to like World War II, World War One, these men who fought and, and I think about all the opportunities I have every day because of what they've done for me. Right. And so for you, when you talk about striving to honor those before us, if you were thinking about passing that down, because that feels like it's getting lost right now. Right. What's your advice or thoughts around passing that to, to young men that respect? Um, you know, going back to why I feel that way is there's better men bef- that have gone along before us, right? Um, there's obviously crappy people. They're always going to be crappy. And they're crappy at 15. You're shitty at 25. And you're shitty at 35. You're going to yeah. be, probably be shitty at 50, 60, 70, 80. So not talking about those, talking about those that have appreciated life. Even if they didn't appreciate life, they stood fast and worked hard and they provided um, they didn't just think of themselves. They weren't just, they weren't selfish. They were providing something, making a better life for themselves, their immediate family, those around them, their country. Um, and when things got hard, they still pushed forward and strived to make everything better and bigger, stronger, faster, uh, made their families more capable. Um, like I said, they're being resilient, all these things. Right. So when I think like, you know, honor those who came before me. I think about some of my SEAL buddies who died. They were just good, good dudes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They never got the chance to get married, have a family and pass that torch. Right. So be able to honor those guys and make sure like you wake up and like, all right, whether you're up or down in life, having that gratitude, like, well, I'm here and they're not. So I have this chance. I've been given a bigger, uh, I've been given another chance, right? Yeah. I've been given the chance. They weren't, weren't able to take that next chance. Right. So being a good man, um, I kind of refer back to, like I said, my SEAL buddies that, that don't have the possibilities I have now. And so having that gratitude one and making sure like, okay, you know, what would, what would my buddy think of me doing this right now? Mm. Or if I'm not bettering myself and my immediate surroundings, you know, am I honoring those who would have done that or did that for me? you know, in the past. And like what you said, when you talked about going back, okay, world war one, world war two, you know, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking guys I know, but in history, we, we see people in history and men in history that have gone to, to whether war or built, you know, cities and guys who woke up at, you know, four in the morning, every morning and went to work and crushed it and provided for their families unselfishly, even though they had ups and downs and bad days in life, but continue to push forward and work hard and just create a better living for those around them. So it's, it's, you know, obviously honoring those, I get very specific when I'm like, you know, honoring some of my buddies, yeah, but, mil- more military right. focused. And that's just because of my adult career. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that I, that's kind of what I'm leaning into in a sense is like our, 
country, whether we all like exactly how it was built or not, whatever, we're here, right? And I feel like there's this huge disconnect where most people working don't realize the benefits they have. Like you, you've right. seen a different life than I've seen. So you, when you wake up and you know the opportunity you have before you, so many of us have lived in such comfort and then now we're passing that to our kids. Right. Um, and there's not this respect for our country. There's not respect right. for the opportunity to it's, live. Every it's day. easy. Things it's are given easy. easy where, and they, some people think it's hard and you're like, this is not hard. You go to third world countries. It's great for people to travel. It's great for kids to travel and be like, wow, this is how a third, third world country works. Well, a lot of these countries, they can't get ahead. They just scrape by. Right. And you have such opportunity here um, because of founding fathers, because of our country's growth, because of our freedoms we have. Um, obviously, as a country shapes and molds over time, there's good and bad that happen. And that's why we have history. And that's why we should not forget history and learn from history and make yeah. it better. But as you're saying, people get weaker because it gets a little easier. And if they don't pass that torch of uh pride and honor in your work, um, man, you slowly lose it. Yeah. Weak, I, weak men create hard times. Mm, That's mad true. You know, but in this comfort, how to still embrace what has been done before us so that we can create great things. And that's what you're doing right now. But my hope is that men listening to this will have a bit of a burning understanding inside them that they would help their kids. Like I took my kids on a mission trip this last summer yeah. And my so kids rad. drove across, you know, the border into Mexico and then are standing in like an eight by eight shed with dirt floor. And my kids came out and they're like, dad, these people sleep on the dirt, right? They start yeah. to have this understanding of, because they were getting entitled, frankly. And so I told my wife, it's time for us to go show them something right. else. And I think that's why you see like somebody come from a third world country and immigrant here. And then they blow up this amazing business right. because they know what they're fighting for. One of two things. Yeah. Um, okay. So then moving along in this, I want to bring up something cause I hear a lot of people talk about how authentic you are and how genuine you are. Agree. You, and you're one of the most generous people that I know. What I really love about watching you is you're just living your life. You're telling a story, but it's, it's a real story. You're living your life and people want to watch this. And, and what I like is like this almost never grow up mentality that doesn't mean don't be responsible. It right. means be 40 when I need to be 40, be 13 when I want to be 13. And I think sometimes we might go look and we see, for example, your brand kill bad dudes. And it's like, we're just laughing about this, that, you know, there's cease and desist stuff coming because <laughs> you make such hilarious shit that, you know, Instagram doesn't want to post it or whatever. Right. And I love that. So like, I want to read the Bible with my friend and then I want to go watch Step Brothers, right? right. I want both. And I right. think men need to hold on to their identity. A lot of men, when they get married, when they have kids, they don't hold on well, to their identity. They feel identity. they have to be a certain way. Yeah. And they, they, their people need the real you, right. both sides. Right. Be so, responsible, be there, show up, be a grown man. And no one's saying you can't be a grown man, but like be funny, be, yes. you know, be yourself. Yes. You know, and I don't think a lot of people are. So two questions in this one, I'll just ask you, this is how do you hold on to being yourself? Because I, I also think we're always in pursuit of like, who am I? Right. But in that tension, how do you hold on to being yourself? I guess not just not influenced easily. You know what I mean? Maybe I should be more influenced sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm, I like, I know I do good things. I know I can always be better. 
I know that being better doesn't mean I have to change who I am though. You know what I mean? And the, the fun I enjoy and the being outgoing or I, you know, I, I kind of battle it upon occasion, like, you know, having arguments with, you know, with somebody in a relationship with the, you know, like, why don't you grow up? You know what I mean? I'm, well, I really like joking and I really like making light of more serious situations yeah. and, and joke. I joke 99% of the time. And I really enjoy it. It makes my life a whole lot happier and easier. And I don't want to have to be serious all the time. That takes the joy out of life. You know what I mean? I can be serious when it needs to be, but so many people are either not, you know, I don't know if shallow is a word or materialistic is the word, but um, they take things that really aren't that serious and, and they make them such a big deal yeah. or they want attention for them. And I'm like, dude, like, like just enjoy it. Don't get open your perspective. Right. Like it. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know? Um, so my wife and I joke cause we got, I got married at 21, bro, super yeah. young. And so she's always like, you never had to grow up. So most she's, her theory is that most men have to grow up around 30 to attract a wife, but she screwed up and married me at 21. Oh she was 22. Stay. So I never, there. never had to grow up. And so what's so funny right now is my son is 13 and he's hitting this age where his jokes are heck of funny. <laughs> like he's doing all these D's nuts. Sarcastic. Yes, sarcasm like, is awesome sarc- too. Our kids do sarcasm. <laughs> And I'm dying, you know, like I'm dying. And he says some things and my wife's looking at me like, you shouldn't be laughing at this. But I'm like, it's so funny. The other day, my daughter and I were working out. We do CrossFit three days a week together. And she, we're battling, dude, because she beats me 80% of the time. I'm talking like our coach got done in seven point or seven minutes and 24 seconds. Her and I, I was 520. Right. So we're crushing and she got 519 little freaking girl, man. And then she's like, you know, she'll flip me off in the gym or we'll do stuff. So it's just, it's fun. It's it's banter. It's fun. It's all in good. It's all in good, like happiness and fun. It's not anger or emotional mean. It's all like good and fun. And everybody knows it's, it's joking and, and it's funny. Like, People get too serious. People, yes. But it's like, I'll also have to take your phone away and get you in trouble. So you can be right. both, you right. know? Okay. So on the flip side of you've got kill bad dudes and then you have Warpaw. I just want to bring this up because on the Warpaw website, like one, I can tell that this is really, um, at least it appears to be really important to you. You know, and when, it, and I just want to read this, it says Warpaw represents the warrior spirit, battle and sacrifice, the honor and courage to strive for a better way of life at all times and at all costs, success against one's enemies. And then you have the lion, the three arrows, the trident, and the American flag as representatives of like your brand. So I just like to right. t- you to talk about it for a minute because, and I'm just going to read the lion one because yeah. this one resonates huge. It's like the lion, and I think about a, a man who's protecting what's in his care, protector of family, his tribe, and the land from which he comes from. It represents the courage and resolve to face and overcome the challenges that life brings. It's like, this is what you and I are called into as men. It's an incredible opportunity. So why make Warpaw and the wine like such this, uh, like deep connection to what matters to you? I don't know how not to, you know what I mean? Obviously kill badges is a fun, like, just kind we of also, we bullshit, both. really fun, yeah. right? But yeah. uh, um, I don't know that you know, wine is more meaningful that mm-hmm. it, you plant it, you you know, you you it grows and it fights in the soil and it has to determine to stay alive and grow 
and become and flourish, right? Against the elements, against mm. not having water, against no, you know, obviously no rain and too much rain. And it has to be like, you know, you trim, you know, vines a certain way. And so it has to dig into the soil more and plant its roots harder. And, and it makes it in the end that, that it makes the character of the grape. It makes the character of the wine that process the character of the berry that much better through adversity. Mm. This is the image I'm getting right now from this is as a man, you have to be able to play in both. And people don't like this tension. You have to fight for life, all that craftsmanship to bring that wine. But you also have to fight for death at times to create the freedom, right? So you got kill bad dudes, fight for, there's death here, right? And then you have create a beautiful wine that connects right. people, but you fight for it. So I just like the tension of both. Well, that's the adversity. Like yeah. you, you have to understand or tr- strive to understand life and death, right? Which is like at the end of the day, everybody's like, okay, why are we here? And everybody deals with, you know, sees birth and either your child being born or your friend's kids and children growing up. And then people see old people die, car accidents, mm. bad things happen. Right. So people aren't, People are going to have both happen to them in their lives, yes. death and life. And figuring that out and being very appreciative of what we have and have gratitude and very, you know, that gratitude goes along. Like you're saying, um, as a guy, you're so blessed to be able to play multiple roles, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be a father, you'd be a protector. If you're not a father, you can still strive to um, work to represent your community, represent friends. You can lead by example. And you begin and, you know, God gave us these, these things as a man and these things as a woman that we're so, we're so equal, but we're so differently good yeah. at sometimes. And yeah. we are so good as a team together, you know, so, you know, understanding life and death and realizing that we are, we have such a gift and we're so lucky to be here on this earth and we should do a whole lot more with it instead of, you know, the minimum amount. You know, you just keep pushing and creating and doing, trying to do good, yeah, better. Do good, do better, create. Uh, I just, I love the tension between those two brands. Um, okay, so now I'm going to totally deviate from this. Cool. Uh, so I, <laughs> you and I went to our 20th high school, 20th high school reunion last year together. That's fun. I haven't laughed so hard <laughs> for real in like two years. We just uh, drank so much wine, sat around a bonfire, laughed our asses off. It was hilarious. And and when I talk about you, like one of the things that I like to share when I when I share who you are and I share the knives that you've made for my son and I, which we'll talk about, is uh, showing a picture of you going into boot camp, like 155 pounds, yeah. skinny kid, to like this freaking warrior man who's sitting in front of me now. But I like to go like that guy was in you. I mean, you as a kid, you know, you guys lived out in the woods. You would go and just be like, mom, I'm going to go sleep out by myself. I remember coming or by myself. I remember coming to your house and you being on your trampoline and God, I mean, you were probably nine, 10, 11, 12, having a rattlesnake, you know, getting its venom out. Um, just trying on the trampoline. Yeah. Trying to milk its venom. Um, so then, you know, we talk about never growing up to being bit by your rattlesnakes. Yeah. I don't know, in the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, like 2000-something. Yeah, but, but something specific was um, I tell people about this guy, right? Camp outside by himself, catching rattlesnakes, like clearly made to be this man, like a Navy SEAL. And then I always tell the story of we had a foreign exchange student. 
And it's because it's like, okay, who is Andrew Urbito? So we had a foreign exchange student at our school, tall, Middle Eastern man. And uh, it was brand new. He's brand new. And we're in Bible class. And uh, Andy, during prayer, blew up a, wall, a balloon. It was already it was already blown okay, up blown in the up. back of the classroom. I was sitting next to Ian Castile. Yes. You know, and it, and this is like Mr. Motto's class. Oh, you know. So so I just it paints a picture of the kind of man you need to go out and fight <laughs> wars for you. So in the at the middle of and this is around Columbine. It was right after Columbine school shooting. So it was like all these schools are on really high alert, and I think. We had just like talked about Columbine in class. <laughs> Tom is, you know, at the end of Bible. So he's like, okay, you know, everybody, you know, bow your heads for prayer. Class yes. is about to end. Just dead silent. Tom is praying. And I glanced over at Ian Castile and he looked at me and I looked down and I had this balloon by my desk. So I put my foot on top of the balloon and Ian kind of shook his head and like, don't do he's it. He's like, don't. And I was like, it's happening, man. <laughs> and right when Tom finished prayer and it's dead quiet, I went, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my, I can't say his name. We'll call him Gabe. I went, oh, my God. Gabe's got a gun. And then I stomped on the balloon and it went, bang. And, dude, Tom, like, jumped behind his desk. Scott yeah. Trace hit the ceiling. Lindsay, like, Kids hit, the floor, went, hit the floor. Oh, it was... Ian was laughing at the top of his lungs. I was laughing so hard. I got yelled at. I got kicked out of class. It was, it was Dude, cool. it was, it was one the funniest of the most thing. epic <laughs> moments ever. And so <laughs> we're reminiscing at, about this at our, it was at so, our high school reunion, um, which it, this guy was there as well. And he's like, oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> the poor guy was like pale, like, oh, no, 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 not me. You know what I mean? There was at least three or four people that had... Uh, like the uh, yearbooks, into yearbooks, like funniest thing that happened all year, yes. man. Oh my god! Yes, it was so ridiculous. Classic, classic. The other, uh. just just to bring up, uh, oh god, there's more. But but here's, I want to bring this around. I want to bring this around to something. Okay, so this is nothing against people's life choices. Okay, but as you and I sit around our high school reunion. Okay, and and I mean clearly you, you know, maybe not clearly, but based on that story, you should assume that Andy visited a few different schools. Growing up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a member of a few different schools. Yeah, I try to try to poke my head into a few different classrooms and <laughs> yeah. school buildings. Yeah, try to try different things. Um, so I want to bring this up though: is we went to a small private Christian school for the most part, and as I looked around our as I looked around our group that sat around a bonfire for our school reunion, great people, great, you know, but I think a couple things, you know, a lot of us took a traditional route of I'm, this is what I do for a living. Some people were divorced. Some people weren't some people, you know, some people went went to teachers. Some people went other different walks of life. Yes. My point in bringing this up isn't against anything that they chose to do. But I really want dads to hear dads are not invited into supporting their sons in the school system, which I don't think is designed for kids, boys, especially. And when I look at I mean, you were probably the most successful business owner in a decade coming out of that school. Sitting around that around that bonfire, you are the most successful. 
when it comes to business, when it comes to, I mean, impact, if you want to talk about impact as far as people goes. And so one, kudos to you for not changing. And then two, I would love for you to speak into like, if the school system had broken you, which I think it does a lot of men, you wouldn't be the leader, the Navy SEAL that you are. And so what would you say to dads? Like when you think about yourself, I mean, your dad wasn't there. You had other people alongside you, but what would you say to men whose sons are struggling? Because on one hand, it's like they think the world's falling apart. Like your kid's screwing around, they're screwing up, they're getting kicked out of school to just go, it's it's probably going to be okay. Like how does a dad support that kid? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. I mean, in my mind, how I would support, you know, I wanted to be a SEAL since I was pretty young, you know, Mm -hmm. so... I don't know if, you know, my mom was like, oh, you're going to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? And I always did. I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I wasn't out doing a bunch of drugs or partying a bunch, you know. You know, I think uh, Scott probably gave me my first sip of peppermint schnapps. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the back of the car. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. It's like the wild. Do you know, not take the wild out of a young man. Right. Well, you want them to. You want them to find their limits too, right? Without getting hurt really okay. bad. And you yeah. want them to, you want them to, I, I want to open the door for my kids, right? In my mind, I'm like, okay, you, let's, you know, you, let's get you horses. Let's get you dirt bikes. Let's get in the ocean all the time. Let's do all these things I enjoy doing too. Fine. You want to, you like baseball? Let's put you in baseball and see if you like it too, right? And I guarantee it's like throwing, you know, a handful of sports against the wall and some of you are going to stick and he's yeah. going to be really good at someone really love that. And then you feed that growth mm-hmm. and you say, you can be the best and you can try other stuff too. You know what I mean? You don't force your kid one direction. Uh, I would try to get my kids involved in every outdoor as activity, as much as experience, as much exposure. But what you said too, is not just the exposure to it, but the limits for it. Right. Right. And you and I were talking about that before we started the podcast. Cause my son's 13, he's going to the ocean a lot. So finding that, like, right. are you sure? You know, like right. not putting fear into right. them, but as a dad, as a man, knowing how to help them understand right. their limits. Right. And, you know, understanding like bad things happen, whether you're buckled up in your car going 25 and a 25, or <sighs> if you're the greatest swimmer ever and there's something happens in the ocean, right? There's things out of our control. And like I said, the key is out of your control. So you mm. can't hide your kid, you can't hold your kid back. I was never held back in any way, shape, or form by my mom thinking I couldn't accomplish something. She, she always, my mom you. was always like, not only can you do it, you're going to crush it. Mm. And that was really important, I think. And I didn't think about that till later in life. Where I didn't even think about quitting in SEAL training. And a lot of my, you know, a few of my very close buddies who made it didn't think about it either. It was just something you had to do. It wasn't it like. This was just a step in the process. Correct. This it, wasn't a test. Correct. It was just a step in the process. It was a learning. It was learning steps in the process to become a SEAL, to be that person, to be able yeah. to do that. So um, the fear of the unknown is obviously huge, right? What might happen? Is this going to be the right choice? I have those same fears in adult decision. It's like, is this going to be the right choice? Is yeah. this the right thing? You know, praying about it, trying to get, gain as much information about something before you make that decision. Obviously you want to have an educated decision. Um, I think obviously you want to you push yourself and growing up, I, I had, you know, good people in my life that did great things. And I had a lot of experience from them. And my mom was always like, you can do it, whether it's dirt biking, skateboarding. I think everything 
you know, that I put my mind to, I did fairly decent at because I didn't, I didn't have anybody saying like, Oh, you can't do that. Or I'm worried this is going to happen if you do this too yeah. much. You know what I mean? My mom was like, Oh, you want to make a crappy ass tree fort 90 feet up? Go for it. I look now at some of those tree forts and I'm like, mom, dude, you're a dick. So you wanted dangerous. me to die, mom. Dude, the rope swing that we would leap off the freaking That's what I'm shed saying. was so sketchy. I mean, the amount of times that thing broke and like Nick, your brother would like knock his breath out and we just. Yeah, lose, yeah get the air when, I mean, when, when knocked out of him. So it's interesting. So I don't know. But the, did we die? But did we no. die? No. No. So it's interesting because I think maybe part of the school tension was good for you because there was a resistance there. You know, whereas my son, he twice, bro, he got in one fight protecting his sister because she got called names. And so he went and told the kid, don't do that. He got pinned at school by this boy and fought back. And so he got in trouble too. And the the principal told him next time lay on the ground and yell for help. And I told her, Never. hell no. Never. Then another time, this is a different school, a different principal, also female. Nothing you're gonna against be that. females. Like, you're gonna, if that's what you're taught, that's how you're going to be the rest of your life. Like you're yes, never going exactly. to, you're never going to personally push through. You're never going to have that fortitude or that willpower mm. or that strength to not only stand up for yourself. And this that flows over into business work. Everything like somebody else is going to save me. Somebody else is going to help me. Or just you're never going to have that sense of like pride and accomplishment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's some weak shit. So just on a positive though, because my my other buddy, his kid's out of school and this kid kept pushing him around, pushing him, pushing around. And he has a principal who is a male leader. And that male leader finally told him, hey, I think you're going to have to punch that kid. And my friend um, who's a fireman was sitting with his son. He's like, see, I told you, your principal's saying it. So the kid laid him out and then he was fine. Never, Never happened again. I hit, Chad, I hit Chad one time in the face. Remember Chad back in the day? Yeah. Chad, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I hit him so hard, knocked his glasses off flying, dude. Dang. Were you guys friends after? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he still a dick? I mean, he's nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back to this um, talking about fear of the unknown. Yeah. Okay. Well, we let's go back to the, the second school your kid went to. Okay, so real saying? quick, same thing, yeah. though. Uh, so we pulled him out. So this yeah. is the only thing that's interesting. And so he... He, somebody kept teasing him, verbally abusing, teasing, teasing, yeah. teasing. So and that he, kid's getting away with it. Yes, right? Because he has problems at home or whatever. So my kid stops it. They both got suspended. So I show up at the school. I'm like, this isn't cool. I ended up pulling my son out. The question, you know, now my son has a ton of freedom and he's not dealing with that. And he's surfing, has right. all these. My wonder is like, did did the if you would have gotten pulled out in sixth grade and been able to just roam free more, would that have been better for you or was the tension of being in school and having authorities who were, you know, a resistance to you. Was that better? I mean, we'll never know. I think you create a leader when they can kind of do their own thing within boundaries versus Mm -hmm. they're bound to do A, B, C, D, and they have to do it this exact way. When you say, Hey, between A and Z, here's your boundaries, but I want you to gain, I want you to still, you know, obviously pass grades and you do, but gain as much experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether like I grew up doing every other thing. I loved snakes and lizards. And when it came down to like camping or anything like that, among all my friends, everybody like, okay, what should I bring? Oh, what snake is that? Well, there's like, so the more knowledge, mm. you know, school, you learn a bunch of things you'd never use. You learn a bunch of things you do use, which is great. So they can get a schooling, but that the culture in schooling doesn't 
teach your kid to all these other things in life that actually are equally as meaningful yeah. or the experience, yeah. the experience he's going to get from having to battle, you know, undertow in like deep water and sharks and just like that stress that is fun stress. Like you get so much experience and you're a hard charger after that. Like you become a leader out of experience and pushing through adversity and you're not the adversity in school is what? Oh, I can't punch back. The adversity is not punching back. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's like creating, cool, you got A+. Plus. You got zero social skills. You got zero, like, you're not a leader. Great, you can get good grades in college. But what do you got? What do you have? You, great, you can go get a degree in business. Neat. You have a textbook business degree. Versus this, the tension, the struggle of learning it in right. life. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I want to go to this thing that you brought up about... Um, the fear of the unknown, um, not being able to control stuff. Something that you said, I was listening to you on a podcast a year ago, and this really resonated with me. The guy said, everything happens for a reason. And you had a response to that. And I loved it because I think, especially if you grew up in church or maybe it's just some stupid shit we say to people all the time. Everything happens for a reason. And, and based on you know, your experience maybe of, of your dad and your brother's passing when you were a kid and then being in the military, it seems as though you have a very different view of that statement. So I'd love to talk about that. I just don't think everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? Like bad things and good things happen to both bad people and good people alike. There's absolute dog shit human beings out there that are wealthy, probably decently happy living this great life, screwing people over. You know what I mean? And then there's people who have dedicated their lives to just serving, doing good and have some crappy death and it affects their family negatively. Now I'm not saying, you know, you can't be positive because of a negative. I'm not saying you have to let something take you down too. Mm -hmm. by us talking about honoring those. Right. That's like, okay, we do have this life, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent. So let's go back to, um, I don't think everything happens for a reason. And you know what? To be able to accept bad, everybody wants an answer so badly that people search high and low and people look in every religion and every book and try to find this answer to life and answer to death. And like, hey, you maybe it's beyond your understanding. Why can't you accept? It's just bad. Mm. Accept it sucks. Accept we want to put hurts. meaning it's, on everything, right? And and people search. So people like go to all, the, all these different religions till they find this one religion that answers that question. And if they don't, they go like this. They go, well, I'll see him again, or you know what? They're in heaven now. Well, you don't. I mean, they maybe they're in hell. Maybe there's neither. Yeah. Right? I mean, I have my own personal Christian beliefs, you know, but. A lot of people don't. So, you know, talking on a podcast and giving that the ideas out there is like accepting bad happens to good and bad people. And there might not be. Sure, there's sometimes there may be a reason or something good that comes out of it. But I really, you know, when people are just positive for no good reason, I'm not saying be depressed. I'm not saying be negative, but being like, that's really terrible. Mm -hmm. The end almost like, you know. People just are like, well, good things will come from that. Like, maybe not. Maybe that just sucks. Maybe that's just bad. Maybe that's just sin. Maybe that's just death. Like, you know, I'm not going to let the, you, you should let it affect you. Maybe not the way you live your life, but yeah, you should be sad. You should be bummed. Now I'll be like, okay, well, 
either I'm not going to live like that. But what if you're, what if you look up to somebody who lived a great life for others, did all these good things and died some shitty, miserable death? Yeah. You're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like the family, the, you know, I just have a family come to mind. They adopt a kid and then the dad gets cancer and dies. Yeah. Like, well, that sucks. Like, okay, and to say what? like that happened for a reason, I think gives us false. We're always looking for something out like, of it. Versus- that's your answer. Well, I have the reason. I don't have the answer. I don't have the reason, but it did happen for a reason or it's, you know, people want that answer so bad. Faith, right? I, I believe in faith, but there's extreme faith, which mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a bit much. That's a stretch of like, um, like, like this, it happened for a reason. Well, you're, you're believing that it happened for a reason when you don't know, you know, and facing reality is really hard for people. Because you want to search that meaning. Everything has to happen for a reason. Like, well, it's just bad. And there's good and there's bad. And then there's evil. Correct. So good and bad happen to both good and bad people. Right. And there's evil in the world. There's coincidence. I don't believe in karma. That's just me personally. I don't think, I think you should always be good without expectation. Always help people. Lend a hand. Do good to others. Be good yourself. Try to better your immediate surroundings. But I don't think just because you're good to others, some good's going to come back to you. Because that same reason, I don't think that there's a you know good and come out. Good can come out of everything. You have you you know, shh, crow, shush. Um, people are like, well, you good, if you're good, it'll come back around. Like maybe not. That doesn't should, shouldn't stop you it from being a good stop human. You from doing good, but things. you shouldn't ever expect that to be good coming back around. Because karma, then, if something bad happens to you, do you think back, man? I guess I deserved that. You know what I mean? Instead oh, my kid drowned. My kid got shot. My kid got hit by a car. What did I do in my life? Like nothing I did in my life is that horrible that my wife and family died in a car accident. Okay, well, they're like, well, maybe it's your past life. Well, now you're getting a whole different religion that believes in reincarnation that you don't believe in anyway. So you're just searching the sky for answers to bad and answers to good because yeah. you want people want answers so badly. So with this belief, and you can tell me to piss off if you want to, but with this belief, how as a seven-year-old finding out that that your dad and and your two brothers who were your outdoor crew. Like you had this amazing life living out in the woods, you know, exploring the earth. How do you at seven then navigate and process that with, I mean, it obviously would take years. And then on top of it, you have this layer of like religion that you're a part of at that time. Right. Um, I mean, you know, one is, one is the religion teaches you, right. That, um, that I, you know, was taught is you're going to see them again. Right. So, so whether you live a hope. good life or a life of sin, they're either, they dead when Jesus comes again, they're going to either, you know, be risen and go to heaven or they're not. Right. That's, that's like, and that's a pretty common across a lot of yeah. style, that, that style. Right. And they're, they're go to heaven or hell. Well, one, it's like, I always leave that judgment to God because I don't live exactly the way somebody else may live. And, there obviously I believe in good and evil and there's good and bad. And then there's some areas where I wouldn't think where some religions teach like doing this is bad and there, and therefore it would be a sin, but that there's some extremism in all religions that are just too much for me to believe. Like God isn't that, that so extreme that 
you know, if there's some, you know, if you eat meat, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Like that's some extreme shit. And, yeah. and I've dealt with extremism when it comes to, you know, being in the military and being in the SEAL teams. And, and there's extremism in, in a lot of cultures. Lot I remember things, yeah. people, this, this church I went to years ago when I was a kid and my mom brought their name up. She was like, you remember this name? And I said, like, yeah. And it was a family that, you know, the kids are home birth and they wouldn't get their kids social security numbers because they were worried the government would come after them one day. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and they were worried that, and they were just like, you just ruined your kids' lives or what's going to happen is, you're oppressing your kids so much and so extremism, your kid's going to go the opposite way when it becomes an adult and wants to leave you and then get into gnarly stuff and live. Right. Never going to be an asset. Because they're going to be extreme in the other direction. Correct. Correct. You know what I mean? Obviously, we're getting off base a little bit. But, I mean, between that and then experiencing a lot of SEAL buddies dying um, in the SEAL teams, I guess, you know, I've experienced a lot of death, but um, I don't know. I kind of leave that that up to God is, you know, seeing them again or what this, this afterlife is, you know, when we die, are we going to be able to see those we love again? Are, are they all going to be where I'm going to be? You know, is it going to be, what's it going to be? Obviously the Bible says, talks about it, but I don't know, man, that's a, so I'm going to ask you two more questions about this that you can also tell me to piss off on. So, you know, I was listening to your mom on YouTube share her, her story. Yeah. You know, and it's it's pretty rad, you know, seeing the images of your dad in Alaska taking photos. And I mean, it's like, dude, you've so taken his love for the outdoors and just made beautiful things and done incredible things with with that honoring him. Um but when I think about okay, you're you're seven, Joey and Tony are like, you know, eleven and thirteen. Uh do you remember being like, what the hell? Why am I not going on this trip to Alaska with my oh, dad? I'm sure I wanted to go. You know what I mean? But I was like, you know, I say it one way. My mom was like, it wasn't that way. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I remember my brothers being like, no, you're too small and little. Like, we're not going to take you. We don't have to babysit your ass. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be out there climbing around. We don't, you know. And I'm sure there was there was a level of that. But my mom was like, no, there was only, what'd she say? Like, there was only two tickets or my mom's like, that's not why, you know, like that, they didn't say that. And I'm like, yes, of course they're my older brothers. Of course they would say that. Like, we're not going to haul your little ass around, you know, all over God's green earth up there. So I of course wanted to go, but I get it. I'm seven years old. My dad's going to be there hopping little planes flying here. You know, it's hard enough bringing an 11 year old and a 13 year old puddle jumping around Alaska. Like I spend a lot of time in Alaska now, you know what I mean? So you're smashing those little tiny planes landing on water, big wheels, you know, bush, those little bush pilots flying around. So I get, you know, hauling a third of, there'd be four of us total would be a little bit of a hassle, you know, I probably would have lived though. (laughs) In my opinion, that the crash would have gone down. I would have woke up. I'd have been like, damn, It'd be like the movie Alive. I'd have, to, have to eat somebody, you know what I mean? And then I'd, they'd, they'd find me three days later, like, what's the seven-year-old doing with the arm in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> the way you think, bro. Um, that would have been fine. Thinking, thinking back, though, I mean, do you, do you think, like, I wish I would have been there? Or do you think, I mean, I'm sure you've had lots of thoughts. Um, so I'm going to ask you to go one of three ways. One is, I should have been there. Two is I'm the man now. Like I'm the man. It's my, me, my mom, and my sister now. Um, and it's, I'm just angry. 
Um, I, you know, no, I never, I don't think I ever was like, I should have been there. I think I was like, I, you know, I don't know. That's interesting. I never was like, I should have been there because I realized what happened and that would have been, I would have been dead too. Right. Yeah. But is there a part of you that, is there a part of you that goes, I wanted that. It's kind of like if you're, if you went, you know, and I don't know. Like if you're depressed or like super sad or something like like that. Or I'd rather be like, I wish I was there and they weren't. That's, that's another idea is like the same thing. Like, like I have less survivors go with my brother and dad dying than I have with some of my seal buddies dying. Like I'd rather take their place. Mm. You know what I mean? Being close to your buddies and knowing your buddy's got a wife and kids and stuff like that. Right. That's very tough. And like, I don't have a wife and kids. Right. So me being able to take their place, it would be a lot easier and they could, their kids could grow up with a father. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or their wife can have a husband back. So, uh, survivors, survivors guilt's absolutely real. You know what I mean? Where you feel bad that, being happy or you feel bad enjoying life when your buddies and your seal buddies, good dudes that you love so much cannot, you know what I mean? So that's more, as far as it goes more with buddies, family. Um, I don't know. I just really, you just accept it, I guess. Yeah. You know, and then you're the man now and to what, to what level do you feel like you took that responsibility as I'm going to take care of my mom and sister? Was there an age or time Um, in your life where you felt like, I'm responsible to care for them in some level now, <laughs> now for sure. I mean, I see you know, what you do now, but my, my sister was always like kind of, you know, it was a lot of me. <laughs> my mom will argue this, but, um, it was a lot of me versus my mom and sister. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'd get in trouble for something little and my sister would be sitting there and I'd get chewing with my mom and my sister would be like, it's a whole attitude too. And my mom would be like, yeah, it's an attitude or like, but you know, you're grounded like for two days. Two on one. Oh man, it was horrible. Right? And I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, no. And I'd be very, very no I'd, wonder you slept outside. Oh yeah, I couldn't handle it. So <laughs> they just get beat up left and right. Or, you know, or it'd be like, well, you, two days, you can't do this. And my sister would be like, only two days. You know, and my mom would oh. be like, you're right, four days. Oh, like, just I'm going like, to kill you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, man, there's no, there wasn't like, I could not tell my sister a secret without her telling my mom. Mm. Like, I felt like I had two moms all the time. Ah. You know what I mean? So. Instead of having that like brother sister or brother brother connection, yeah. like yeah. that's your homie, like that's your you can sneak out with that person, like it's you versus your mom and dad. I never had that. I you know I got very close with my buddies, of course. Yeah. But uh, stuff like that, I you know I don't know. I don't think I I think I was just like I don't think I wanted to watch out for my sister for a while. It's like you're gonna fend for yourself, yeah, asshole. She's your you mom. know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it was like that. And we've had this conversation now since. You Is it I mean? you laugh about? I think it I got kicked what? out of high school, one of high school because of her. She no. She 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 knew that I was sneaking out seeing this girl, and because um, I didn't lie to her, you know, I was like, oh, she'll she'll have my back, whatever. And then the people at the school went and asked her, and instead of just saying, you know, one I don't know, or just saying I'm not gonna, I'm not I'm not gonna get involved. She was she was like, I have to tell the truth, or pretty much I'm sinning and I'm gonna go to hell, like um, a lie. Yikes! And lying is a whole different story of like. There's absolute white lies that are okay. That's yeah. why the white lies. Like, there's things that protect. There's a book. Uh, what's that book called? It's something about lies. It's really interesting. Anyway, so she was, you know, she had to tell them the truth, and they kicked me out of school. And I'm like, geez, like, yeah, you're that's, never there. So there's probably a season where you feel a little alone, as as in the family or isolated, that you got to kind of keep to yourself. I Me and my mom were always, you know, close. We argued more in high oh school and got in fights, but. 
even hearing close. you and your mom now, like when we woke up after our reunion and hearing the way oh, you talked to your mom with utter respect and just <laughs> love, but also just 100% yourself is just hilarious. And then her just, she just loves you, dude. I know. She's just herself. She's just herself. <laughs> oh, like rolling God. to the house. Like my mom starts talking like, shut the hell up, mom. <laughs> She's like, I love you too, son. Your guys' like, relationship you, is beautiful. <laughs> it's so good. She's funny. Um, she was just down here. Oh, that's good. Days, Spending yeah. some time together. Oh, I'm going to see her. My Tomorrow. mom is... Oh, you're going to see her mom? Nice. Yeah. Going to check on the wine or what? No, I'm just going to see my mom and go hike, go eat some good food. Ugh, good food. You know, go see Scott Trace. Dude, he's growing his family, bro. I know. I love I it. He calls me a lot. And he I lives in Hidden Valley now, yeah, which is house. so cool. You know, like that was such a great place where I grew up. Um, Okay, dude. So this is tying together with something else that I heard you said. So I'm obviously creeping all on you, but about purpose, you know, because we just talked about, okay, my dad and brothers died in a plane crash when I was a kid, seven years old. We talked about good and evil. We talked about good and bad. And I think so many people struggle with what's my purpose in life. And, and I think that it, it, it halts us, right? So we don't do anything because we feel like we don't have a purpose. And I heard you say recently, I will naturally live out my purpose. I might even not know I'm doing it, but I'm, and what I heard from you is like, just always move forward. Like when you wake up in the day, what's in front of you, what, what has God or whatever put in your path to take care of and do that versus sitting around asking, what's my purpose? So when did this realization come and maybe you can expand on it um i was talking to i mean i've always just just i've always been moving forward it kind of just got i hate being stagnant yeah. you know what i mean in life in general stagnant like you get depressed if you're stagnant if you're not working on something working with your hands working your mind mm. they're all muscles your mind your body everything right it's like if you're not working That's on really something good. stagnancy just kills right complacency same yeah thing. yeah but uh <clears throat> there's this medicine called iboga i don't know if you've heard of ayahuasca mm-hmm. iboga is another one out of africa and there's um a team guy who started a thing called vet solutions and they do this out of country and they take guys down there with ptsd and hard times and other people as well just um and they do an iboga medicine experience um anyway i was talking to a very close buddy of mine who was in the seal teams for a long time went out to east coast served out there kind of got blown up kind of messed up really well, just a really incredible dude he's got working on his second master's degree now he's been wow. out for a while teaches out out east at uh naval academy and st- stuff like that he's writing a book or he's got two books really incredible man uh dan luna so he was uh talking about um kind of his experience and he was sharing and it was part of it was really incredible and <clears throat> he was like you know, talking to God in his mind, like, what's the purpose? Like, what's the meaning of life? You know, what's mm. the purpose? And he started seeing it and it was too much for him to handle. And he felt sick and like God slowed it down and put it in cartoon characters for him to understand. And part of that conversation, he was saying, you know, look at, look at this little moment in your entire, and I don't know if he said life or what, but your entire experience, right? Mm. This little, this is only part of our experience. It's kind of like how he was saying that he felt how God explained it to him is like this little stint on earth. You were chosen among these infinity spirits or beings or whatever it is in the universe to take this physical form, become a human and live this 
80 years, 90 years, this mm-hmm. little life, how are you going to live it? Like, you're so, you were gifted this. You were gifted this. Like, there's only, you know, a certain amount of millions of people during this, however long this earth is going to be around. And compared to the trillions and trillions or infinity beings, you know, we, we, we plucked your spirit out of infinity and gave you this physical body and you were born and you're able to love and you're able to make a difference and you're able to grow and you're going to have, have kids. How are you going to live this little mm-hmm. tiny life? You know? And he was like, holy crap, instead of feeling sorry or harboring things, you know, he's like, holy crap, like I've been given this gift of life, man, that's cool. How am I going to live it better? How am I going to make those around me better? How am I going to grow, you know, this world a little better before I leave it? You know what I mean? And that like really was like, wow, that's really cool. Like how insignificant we are, but how gifted we are in this little tiny planet right now with our lives and the difference we can make. It's beautiful. If, if men, if dude, if more men embrace that, it's almost like then it's not even about how do I teach that to my son. If I'm living that, then my son's going to want that. If my like son vigor for life, it's like, yeah. and, and not that people you listen. Like I've had ups and downs. I've been depressed. I've had no motivation before. You know what I mean? And there's just times in life that suck, yeah. and things aren't going your way, and things are a bummer. Whether it's relationship stuff, family stuff, death sucks. I mean, somebody you love more than yourself dies. Like that's. Like you want to die, of course, you would take their place. Like there's absolute heartbreak, but without heartbreak, you wouldn't also have that level of love, you know, seeing your own kid or seeing your own parent or, you know, somebody you would give you life for. So you have these extremes that give you the most value. Mm. You know what I mean? But you have to get up and take steps every day. You got it. Just gonna, forward. You know, sitting in the, sitting in the passenger seat doesn't. You know, you'll get somewhere, but it may not be the place you want to go. So my encouragement to you dudes listening is to stop sitting around wondering what your purpose is and start taking care of what's in front of you. Stop thinking of yourself because thinking about what's my purpose is just thinking about my freaking self. And if I, if I just it's start, almost like, what do I want to do? Yeah. God you know? dang it. And listen, there's, there's a level of, uh, sorry to interrupt. There is a level of like, that's good. I'm People should be like. Can I serve a better purpose? Maybe is yeah. that's the question. Can I but serve so a better purpose serve, of what I'm doing now? But you're using the word serve, right. which is not about you. Right. Right. But within that, you I mean, I know people that are like, okay, I'm an, I'm gonna go be a missionary. You know what I mean? I'm like, awesome, that's very sacrificial being a missionary. But you may have, you know, take my amazing sister and her husband, and you know, she had three boys, they're missionaries in Turkey. She had a fourth boy, they're amazing. Kids, some of them are doing homeschool, some are going to school, they're learning in Turkish, they're doing what they can over there. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to come home sometime and your kids are going to be at the age to go to college. But, you know, being a missionary doesn't build a bank account. It doesn't provide anything more. When they come back, it'll be like the, where they left, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword, right? One is they're not coming back to having you know, 500 grand in the bank account to be able to buy a home and put their kids through college. And it's not like the kids, depending on how long they're there, like hopefully the kids will be back to high school and be able to do so well, they get some type of money for college or, or whatever. And that's really, really sad because another thing that's going back to not all good things happen to those who people are good is somebody goes and serves and is so useful in helping people better their lives uh, overseas, whether it's medical work or, you know, Christianity or just 
that type of work. And then they come back to their life here in the United States. And it's like, they're starting from scratch trying to build yeah. another career. So I think about that and I'm like, you know, that that's a huge purpose. And that was what, you know, my sister and her husband, like, this is what we want to do. This is good. Right. And they're, they're, ser- they're serving others, but it also, it, it's, it's also not self-serving like you're saying, but also the, in the big picture, people want to be successful because they're, they do have a career. They have a wife, they have kids, they have to create security in general. And people, you know, someone could be like, Hey, you know what? I want to go be a surfer. And then who's paying the bills while you're learning to be a surfer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think for you, you know, and I think for me too, sometimes we've just seen it glorified. Like when I, when I lean into the word serve, we're talking about going and serving and giving up your life to be a missionary. That's great. That's But also running a company with 33 employees, bringing them in, especially some dudes who have maybe been in the military and are struggling, you know, mentally, physically to figure out where do I land? Right. Dude, that's a huge service. Right. And we don't really celebrate that enough. Right. Right. But, but I think the point is, is like, are you serving your greatest purpose with your gifts? And you are. And I think maybe sometimes you, you may struggle with, are some of these other people who are doing this like, traditional glorified serving is it really a good long-term solution well doesn't you know i don't know in their minds if they're like the crappier it is for themselves the more they're serving almost you know what i mean like like yes i'm I'm so sacrificial i'm doing this all Uh, this i'm getting nothing in return i'm living like a monk you know what i mean is that is there's obviously that's their who knows their mindset yeah I, going back to what you're talking about is like, okay, having employees, making sure the guy's getting out, guys have a job, making sure there's food on the table, teaching them what I know them, connecting them with the right guys that I work with in the VA system to get their disability, making sure they're good, you know, vehicle-wise, making sure their struggles, their relationships, or their ups and downs. These are really big things, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, that are extremely important to me and and just my crew of guys I work with, very important with my buddies and my best friends outside as well. You know, I stay very close with my, my close friends. And then it's really important with some of the younger guys. And we've had some ups and downs with guys in the shop and some depression and some, you know, guy broke up with his fiance and it was just back and forth and trying to guide him not to be texting this, mm. like drop this, don't get drunk during the week, like going these ups and downs instead of just being like, oh, he's a fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, there's a better way to do this. Putting your energy into others, putting your energy in it, some some of your energy enough to help them, and it may not take a lot of your energy. It may take a lot of your energy, but that's okay, you know. Yeah, but that's the father posture that I see in you, right? Like, and and it's it, it, you take that responsibility because somebody was placed in your care instead right. of like this guy's really a drag. Let's get him out. And there are times where you do have to right. do that eventually. To protect the business. Yes, to right. protect and the rest and of the it, family. Correct. Well, also, you're, you may have to get rid of one bad egg because that person is an adult and you've done what you can yep. to protect the rest. Exactly. And that's a good father posture is to right. know when do I nurture the vine right. and when do I cut right. it off. Correct. And and you and you got to do that. And, and men, fathers, you have to do that. Like that's your responsibility if you right. see it. And a lot of dudes turn this on to their wife or to someone else to do. It and sucks it's their to have to do it, but you've got to make those hard choices. You know what I mean? And that's living in that tension of the life and death we talked about. It reminds me of like a cowboy having to put his horse down with a broken oh, leg or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's their buddy or their dog. Like, like 
hard decisions. They're hard decisions and be a, be a man. Be a man. And make the best decision. And, you know, if you can take some more pain and a little more hurt than the person next to you, do it. Yes. Yes. God, we don't. Take that on. Take that responsibility. Take it it's like, you know what? I can handle this. And I've seen people do that where like, I know I can handle something and it's going to be not quite as hard for me or I know how to compartmentalize it better than somebody else. And I'd rather do that than somebody else. Because it's for the sake of others. So, so, Correct. So dudes, right now. Or I'd rather hold that than somebody else has yes. to deal with it. Men, as you hear Andy talk about this, I know there's something in your world that you're pawning off. If there's something, you take it on. Take the burden away from your kids, from your spouse, from a friend. You you have that authority and opportunity to you're love that way. To be a man. We have these gifts or these responsibilities as protectors. Mm, you know what I mean? As a yeah. protector, maybe you take a little more danger, you take a little more risk, and you take a little more hurt. And you work through it. You're a protector. And that doesn't mean protector of just a physical. It's a protector of mental. It's a protector of, like mm. I said, the mental, the mental your wife goes through, your kids go through, your buddies go through. If you have a buddy who's weaker than you and something happens, and you know it's just going to be more of a struggle for him because you can understand it better, you compartmentalize it, or you would just rather hold the pain and not your friend because you love them. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's a fucking honor. Yeah. To be able to take that. Dude, if men looked at that, especially for their families, like this is an honor for me to carry this weight. Yeah. You know, we, we look at it out in things in our careers maybe, but we don't look at it in our homes enough. And I think what, what an honor it is to be able to yeah. be that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude. Like you're blessed. Listen, we're blessed. It's not a curse to, have pain. It's not a curse to mm. have hardship. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's going to happen. How do it's you deal with it? It's going to happen. What are you going to do when right. it happens? Can you be a bitch and pawn it off to right. someone else, or Can and then you, you feel like a weak and nobody respects well, you? Right. Well, you you you're putting that. You're almost making somebody else hold that hurt for you, like or you feel sorry for yourself. And there's a level of don't feel sorry for yourself. You can feel hurt. You can feel pain. Mm -hmm. You should have emotion. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, compartmentalizing it. Even if you have to, what if you have to compartmentalize it? How many people like out there, you know, have their husband, wife married for years and the wife's, you know, father dies or mother dies or whatever. And you're there to help that person out, to be that rock, to be mm -hmm. that strength, right? If you, if you, you know, you've been given that honor to be a blessing in that person's life and help them. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, I got to tell you, bro, there's, you know, there's things with my wife's grandmother right now who raised her. And I don't think that I've held enough space to help carry the burden of the weight emotionally that that is. And so this is super helpful because it's challenging me to not just see the situation as the situation, but to pay attention more to what's my opportunity well, maybe it's like, what does your wife need from you, right? And that's just yeah. a simple conversation sometimes, right? That can be like, hey, you yeah, know, I, can I, easily you know I don't like this person. Or <laughs> you know this person is, I, I like, I don't get along with this person or whatever, but I love you. You know, I know this yeah. affects you differently. It affects me. Yeah. What can I do to make sure you know, like, I want you to be happy. You yeah. know, what can I do? To, you know, do I go get Andy and get that rattlesnake venom? Like, what <laughs> Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. All right, bro. I know I could talk to you forever about this life stuff that matters, but I'm going to wrap it up with two questions for you. They might take a minute here, but the first one is on rites of passage. Like you've clearly had some rites of passage in your life, you know, going through getting into the Navy SEALs and, and, and everything you've done, there's rites of passage, but I think of young men being called into manhood and, you know, with half face blade, you guys do such amazing work. And I just want to honor as an opportunity for, for men to hear this, but like I had half face blades make two knives for me when my son turned 13, one for me and one for him. And, um, we, you know, for my son, we took the same piece of koa wood and made handles out of it. So there's like the same piece of wood for both of our knives. And when he turned thir- 13, it, long story short, we moved to Hawaii cause he's his, he needed to, to breathe better. And so his has koa wood surf resin, which he loves to surf now and coral. So it's like all these yeah. things. And then we're both middle name Wolfgang. So we engraved Wolfgang on it. And then today at the shop, you guys engraved, uh, like half face of a wolf on the blade, like super custom. So when my son turned 13, I was able to give him this. And, and then the promise is this year, him and I are going to go on a hunt together, right? And so then we will have these yeah. knives on our hunt. So cool, man. And so I just want you to talk about for a minute, because I know when you talk about your knives, which it's amazing how they've become this, like people desire them strongly, but I know you look at them as a tool. But just briefly, what are your thoughts around rites of passage and the passing down of a tool? Right. So one, I gave my son a tool and they match or whatever, but this is something that now could be in our family passing down and it connects us with who we, where we're coming from or where we're establishing our family in Hawaii with the co wood. So just some thoughts around that for dudes. Well, think about what it is, right? Think about what it's a knife. So gifting a knife actually goes back so far in different cultures mm-hmm. because you're giving a knife, right? So a knife is used to provide for your family mm-hmm. and protect your family. It's the best gift ever. You know what I mean? So you're giving him, he's becoming a man. Now he's getting a tool that he can use to fend for himself or provide for himself and eventually for a family one day or defend his own family. So this is what weapons were for, right? Hunting, defending. And they were the best tool. And it's been that way. And that's how I think of those two. It's, mm. it's that tool. I, I mean, I've never even thought about it like that. Yeah, it was. That's why people gave tools like, you know, Native Americans, whether it was... You know, somebody did something great for them and they would, you know, here's my knife, right? Or in the Viking culture, right? The guy would be, you know, buried with a sword or, you know, the gift of a, of a, a knife or a sword was huge mm-hmm. because you're giving that person this tool that they can protect that, that which they love and provide for that which they love. And that's rad. Dude, what I love is, I mean, I'm excited about it because of the way you light up about this. And I mean, you've put out thousands of these gifts with with uniqueness that that connect families that are going to get passed down i mean dude at our high school reunion you know we're at a friend's house and homie had like 30 knives or something crazy but then he's going to be passing those to his son i gave his son one knife when i was there that That was cool that was epic yeah but that moment to gift a knife like that i think i think men you know this is something i've been thinking about more is like when i show up somewhere having a gift you know, like giving something to somebody, something I want to do more often, but you've created something really unique. So men call your sons into manhood. Even if you weren't called into manhood yourself, 
um, and a knife, a tool. Create that experience. Like you're saying, like, you know, the experience of like, hey, dude, this is really special. And you can have that each with your kids separately to Mm -hmm. have something, you know what I mean? That you do with them, for them, togetherness, and then hunting with it and learning how to break an animal down and then going back and cooking it for the rest of your family. And his level of pride of this connection with you and this knife and then hunting with you because it may take a couple times and then learning how to cut it up going home and being like okay what are we going to cook for our family everyone's sitting down boom the experience the amount of work and a lot of people who don't hunt don't appreciate the amount of effort and time and energy that actually goes into the hunt and it's like it's it's a ball buster sometimes you know what i mean packing animals out and hunts fail or losing an animal like it's a lot so by the time you can share that that providing and you had that tool. Now it's the, the the biggest part of that is that tool helped you provide. And now you have that connection with him and he's providing for the rest of his family and those he loves. That's like, you're just winning every second of that. And, and I think one of the most beautiful things about hearing you explain it is that it is not instant gratification. Right. It, it, right? And, it and our, our sons Struggle. need to experience that. Um, Oh, men, figure out how to do rites of passage. A tool is a great way. Here's my last question for you. It's been on my mind today to ask you this question. And you've said the word eight, nine times in the conversation. We'll see what happens. What does the word love mean to you? Never ask anybody this question, but asking you. Um, what does the word love mean to me? I mean, in my immediate, you know, my immediate thought goes to serving, you know, doing everything you can for those you love. That's kind of my immediate go-to. So it comes down to action, really. Yeah. I mean, you can say it all day, but showing it, trying to make people you, trying to make people's lives, trying to make those people you love's lives easier, happier, making them feel loved is probably, I mean, how do you experience love if you can't give love? You know what I mean? Like people have a hard time loving themselves because of actions they've done in the past or hurt they've caused, which I've battled with that too. So, but I'm better at loving other people than I am myself. You know what I mean? Serving others, my friends, family. Yeah. That's really that's really good. And I wonder sometimes if we focus so much on ourselves because we're trying to find it, but loving ourselves may come from loving other people. Yeah. I think learning to love yourself, you're probably a better version of yourself. Not in a, I'm awesome. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm smart, but like almost forgiving yourself for hurt you've caused and understanding the depth of the depth of love. And there's been, you know, to, to tap into Love, I'm sure the way like a father looks at your newborn kid or like your kid looks at, you know, looking at your parent, you know, the depth of love is so deep. It's probably what, you know, it's what, it's probably what life is based on, right? Mm -hmm. Why people die for other people, why people go to war and are willing to sacrifice themselves for, for those they love more. I mean, that's, that's deep. You know what I mean? I think you're. I think your your answer is is beautiful because it's about action towards others and it is a struggle like even the answer there's tension in 
in it because it matters. And that's what life is about is, is that balance of loving myself, loving others, taking action. Um, so, I mean, I think it's beautiful, bro. I just, any last thoughts? Oh man, bro. I just want to honor you, man. You give so much of yourself. I believe that you are always striving to be a really good steward of, of land, people, of yourself, of your family, right? You care for those that are in your care. And my hope is that as other dudes listen to the tension and the the beauty and the fun and the laughter and the conversations that A, they'd be themselves and B, they would choose to wake up daily and love whatever's in front of them to the very best of their ability. And I think that's the example that you're setting. Hopefully, you know, not that people are going to have absolute daily struggles in their personal lives but you know the overall arching view is to do good do well you know love deeply keep trying to crush it love it you know bro i love you thank you you so much for talking life with me always man i love you let's go get some food down What a great conversation. So many nuggets. I love Andy's view of life. And one of the things that, you know, ever since I originally heard him talk about it, that really stuck out to me and is still, um, that I'm wrestling with, I guess you could say, is this idea that all things happen for a reason. And uh, I like Andy's approach to this and his view of this. Um, I think it's something that we say without really thinking. Uh, But so many nuggets, especially for you dads out there who have young teenage boys who may be getting in trouble and you're wondering if they're on the right path or not, how to love and support and be there for them. Uh, Critical to step into that role and to know that they're probably going to be okay. So how do you come alongside, encourage and love them? Um, My friends, you are already making massive change to your legacy and family tree by investing in yourself as a father. As you know, many men stumble into their role as a father. Our society is in desperate need of fathers who know who they are and are engaged in their homes. I created the Adventure Fatherhood Children's Book and Gift Box as an opportunity for you to be a part of another man's adventure. Please help me spread the word that fatherhood matters. Go to adventureoffatherhood.com and order a dad box for a new or young dad, which will give him the Adventure of Fatherhood children's book, which will show him who he is and connect him to his kiddos. It's a rad gift. You can order the box and send it to them. You could just order the book and make your own gift. Um, Or if you don't have the book yet, go to Amazon and grab it. So then you could write a review. Uh, So that'll help spread the word that fatherhood matters. We cannot let uh, men stumble into their role as fathers. You and I have to invite them in. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.